Welcome to the sermon podcast of Redemption Church. The following sermon is by our Director of Spiritual Formation, Marjorie Mott. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What I want you to hear this morning is that God loves you and that God loves them. And I'll break down like who the them is later. And I know it's so simple, but as I thought about this being my last sermon, what, like, I just want to go back to the basics, right? Like, God loves you. And so we're going to lean into this image of Jesus as a mother hen. And I hope that you hear and you know God's love as this safe, warm place under the wing. If you could go to the first image, Kyle. It's a great real life picture. You almost miss those little chicks, but if you look, see all those little feet there? Safe with their mama. Safe from the fox that might be roaming around or a storm that's approaching. That they all have a place. They all fit under her wings. The passage... um, is in the midst of this really heavy portion of scripture that you just heard a bit of. And in chapters filled of judgment and Jesus really trying to get their attention, sharing teaching and parables again and again, speaking of warning of the judgment that's coming. Jesus is basically like waving these flags, right, with these stories, trying to get their attention that if they don't turn back to him, there's going to be destruction. Woe to you. This, this chapter is filled with this, what's called the seven woes of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And these verses are right at the end. And these seven woes, there's a theme. You heard them. Did you catch the theme that Jesus is pointing out that the people are focusing on the wrong thing? that they're more focused on morality and obedience. And so he's getting their attention, whoa, whoa. He's saying you're swearing by the gold of the altar rather than on the altar itself. Have you missed what the altar is about? You strain out a gnat, but you're swallowing a camel. The outside, you're focusing on the outside of the cup, getting that clean, but what about the inside of the cup? He's saying you're putting your focus and your belief in the wrong thing. Choosing to focus on morality and obedience rather than God. Who the obedience is for, right? Who, what the meaning of the altar is about. We do this, right? We too become distracted, fixated on obedience and morality. Let's pause and think, what does that look like for us? How do we get distracted? 
from knowing and feeling this love of God? What grabs and steals our attention? Maybe you get carried away defending your right political views that you lose a posture of love. Or you keep so busy being a good friend, a good employee, good spouse, good parent, that you miss the still small voice of the Lord. Or you're so focused on doing justice that you miss the felt presence of God. Right? All these things are good, but they're secondary. They're secondary in our faith. And they can steal our attention from the first thing, the most important, and that is God's love. This reminds me of a C.S. Lewis quote that I have. He says, Put first things first, and second things are thrown in. Put second things first, and you lose both first and second. I'll read it again. Put first things first, and love And second things are thrown in. But second things first, and you will lose both the first and the second things. I think the first thing of our faith, right, is the love of God. Right? That is the number one. No matter what else you believe, right, like our Christian um, faith, there's a wide variety of belief. But the one thing that we all stand upon is God's love. The love of Jesus. And the secondary things is everything else. Doing justice, loving, um, walking in mercy. I mean, just earlier, um, just a couple chapters before, Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is trying to get our attention and to draw us back to love. Before the image of the mother hen, in verse 34, he says, Therefore I'm sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Right? He's sending them to get their attention. He's sending out like his, his uh, messengers, hoping again to get their attention, to draw them back to love. But he recognizes and says, some of them you will kill and crucify. And others you'll flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. He's sending them people, hoping to warn them, but knowing he'll lose them. Right? He loves those prophets and teachers. Those are his beloved as well, and he's sending them. Hoping that his people, the Israelites, will be drawn back to him that they will realign themselves to him. And so he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, you who've killed my loved ones, how I have longed to gather you, your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were not willing. Jesus isn't giving up. He is still longing to gather them under his wing, even though they have killed his prophets and his teachers, even though he has ignored their warnings again and again. His love is desperate and fierce, always moving towards you, always moving towards them. He's still saying, I have longed to gather you. 
even when you confuse the second thing for the first thing, he longs to gather you under his wing. Even when you miss the warning, him waving for your attention, he longs to gather you under his wing. Even when morality distracts you, he longs to gather you under his wing. Even when you're focused more on producing for God, doing the right thing, he longs to gather you under his wing. Even when you have forgotten him, he longs to gather you under his wing. Even when you're stuck in shame, he longs to gather you under his wing. Even when you've turned your back on him, he longs to gather you under his wing. Let's take a moment and sit with this sentence and to silently in your mind complete it. Even when blank, he he longs to gather you under his wing. Insert into that blank space what keeps you from sensing the loving presence of God. He longs to gather you under his wing. I picked this image today, which is full of love because... I long for you to know that you are gathered up and held in the hands of the one who loves you into life. And because I love you, my love for you is strong and fierce, (laughs) overflowing (laughs) right now, that you've all impacted my life. And how much more does God love you than the simple love that I can give? I want you to know God's love and to long for more of it. The last two years, I feel like for me, have been marked by this longing for more of God. And I don't, it hasn't been this pretty, like I feel so holy. No, it has been incredibly painful to a point where I've often felt in the last two years just very raw, at the like I'm at a wall going, God, let me in. And about a year and a half ago, I started sensing that maybe this job and being in this role was a barrier for me to feel more in love with God and to receive that love. And I prayed something, this was like spring 2021, something like, God, I don't want to leave. I love this place. I can't imagine life differently, but I want more of you. So whatever it takes, you got to change my life and my heart and my desire. Never did I think that a few months later, he would say, all right, it's time to move forward. And he would give us this dream and this image of moving to Lancaster, which I really believe is an invitation for him, of, from God, to, to give us more of his love. I, I share that because I long for you to experience more of God's love. And 
I want you to know that there's an invitation waiting for you. It's not gonna make. It's not gonna be that you all have to move or leave your job. That was just my story, right? But there's always more. Always more to receive there under the wing of His love. This image is filled with longing. Jesus names it, right? He names the emotion of longing. He he says, I've longed to gather you. He wants you. He wants to be near you. He wants to shelter you under his wing. To be that mother hen. I think I have another image of the mother hen. Me telling you that Jesus loves you, though, isn't going to make you feel more of that love or know that. Love is so much more than words. Belief is so much more than words. It's a presence, an experience. So I want to take a moment here to pause and for us to meditate and to take time to notice and meditate with this image. So I'll invite you now, if you... If you'd like to close your eyes, maybe take some deep breaths. Jesus says to you, I have longed to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Jesus is drawing on an image that the Israelites have heard many times. The psalm is filled with the language of Jesus taking us under the shadow of his wing. And so when they heard this, those passages came to mind. And so I want to read a few, giving us some time to sit with them. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me. For in you, I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Notice how your body feels after hearing these verses. Notice what emotions or thoughts rise up in response to these verses. You're welcome to continue. Um, with eyes closed as I read one other quote. This is by Debbie Thomas writing about this passage. She says, Yes, Jesus mocks Herod by calling him a fox. 
but he never argues that the fox isn't dangerous. He never promises us divine immunity from harm. I mean, let's face it, if a determined fox wants to kill a brood of downy chicks, he will find a way to do so. What Jesus, the mother hen, offers is not the absence of danger, but the fullness of his unguarded, open-hearted, wholly vulnerable self in the face of all that threatens and scares us. What he gives us is his own body, his own life, wings spread open, heart exposed, shade and warmth and shelter at the ready. What he promises, at great risk to himself, is the making of his very being into a place of refuge and return for his children. For all of his children, even the ones who want to stone and kill him. Wings spread open, heart exposed, shade and warmth and shelter at the ready. What he promises, at great risk to himself, is the making of his very being into a place of refuge and return for his children. Notice what it feels like to receive this protective and vulnerable love of God. How does it feel to be under the wing of God? If you can acknowledge a sense experience, maybe that your body is feeling, or an emotion, or a thought rising up, that's something that you can tuck away and recall in correlation to what it is like being under the wing of God. You're welcome to open your eyes if you want. Hopefully you hear from this passage that God loves you. I think what is also here is that God loves them. That's everyone else. In church, outside of the church. Listen for the plurality of the passage. I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. You're not the only one gathered. There are multiple children and chicks that God is gathering in his shelter. His love is for all of them. I think I might have another image, too, we can jump to as I continue sharing. Beautiful, isn't it? This gathering language reminds me that we are meant to do this together with other people, to not be alone. Our life of following Jesus on living on mission, as we've been talking about this month, is not meant to be alone, but to be done in community. Right? The church, capital C Church, is to be this gathering place under the wing of God where all are safely known and loved. The same love and warmth that you experience or long to experience from God is what your neighbor is offered. The them it could be somebody you disagree with or someone you're worried about, someone you don't know. It's everyone else. I believe your life will be richer and fuller if you embrace the being gathered together.
God loves you and God loves them. This is a really important combination. They balance each other out, right? Because if we just focus on the one of being loved, we become too consumed and focus on ourselves. And we can isolate from community. But if we remember that God loves them, it motivates us for mission and to love and to be a part and to be known, to be in community. I know holding these truths together has transformed my life. And I think it can transform all of our lives. This truth that God loves me and God loves them has grounded me in my role here. And I think it's, it's something I've really consciously brought to mind, especially in the last couple of years, especially in like, you know, things that are planned in my schedule I know I'm going to show up to. I really consciously bring to mind God loves them. And that has offered me such a steadier, grounded presence that I hope is less of me and more of God offered. When things are hard, I've remembered God loves me and God loves them. It has helped me keep going. And when I'm anxious, knowing God loves me and God loves them helps me find peace. Consciously bringing God's love for me and them to mind has given me courage, perseverance. It's brought calm to my body, quite literally. It's a grounding presence and a non-judgmental stance. Not because I'm so great. Like, no, because like God's love is so tangible and real. God's love is this safe and warm place under the wing. A nurturing presence that he loves you. He wants you to experience the safety of his wing, of being near. Can you imagine what it feels like, that dirt on your feet, the warmth hearing the heartbeat, being that little chick under the wing? He doesn't promise to keep you from harm, but to be with you through it, holding you. I want you to know God's love in this way. For it to be this tangible experience, something you feel in your body. And I want this love to transform your life and to flow out to bless others. And so, with leaving, I want to teach you one last practical practice, okay? That I don't think really many other people know, and so it's my last chance to teach you, okay? <laughs> um, so those who have been around a lot know that like, I love to give these like, really handy practices. Um, but this actually comes from brain science, so we're not just like going to do some weird thing. There's like a lot of brain science around it, and counselors use it. But I think we can turn it into a prayer, and it can help build the neural pathways to really not just thinking God loves me, but feeling it in your body. That can be that grounding presence, that calm in the midst of anxiety, and all those other things I said. So it is, um, so what I'm gonna teach you is a tapping. So you're gonna use this finger, I don't know what that one's called, I forget, index, <laughs> all right? And what we're going to do is literally tap twice in each spot. And we're going to start um, from our forehead. And I'm just gonna tell you what it is and then we'll do it, okay? Forehead, uh, no, uh, forehead, eyes, nose, chin, chest, and then you're welcome to use your whole hand for your stomach. 
And we're going to be repeating a phrase, and you can alter it, modify it if you want. But what I'll be leading us in is, I am safe under your wing. This tapping is used, um, most often taught to help with anxiety. Um, the more you use it, the more your body, the more helpful it becomes to you. It's encouraged to do it for at least 30 seconds. And there's other variations that I'm going to show you real quick. Tapping like this. Bilateral tapping. Knees. Shoulders. This is a great one to teach kids because you're butterfly tapping. See my little butterfly? Um, but I think really like this in itself, what I said earlier of how like grounding this has been for me is largely because I've learned to pray with tapping and how much it has really like centered me and helped this not just live in my head, but be a part of my, my body and whole um, experience. Um, so, let us quiet ourselves and begin from the top of our head. And I'll just, um, you can repeat this silently to yourself, but you say, as you tap, I am safe under your wing. I'll say it twice each time, I am safe under your wing. I am safe under your wing. I'm safe under your wing. I am safe under your wing. I'm safe to your nose under your wing. I'm safe under your wing. To your chin. I am safe under your wing. I am safe under your wing. To your chest. I am safe under your wing. I am safe under your wing. To your gut, I am safe under your wing. I am safe under your wing. So I hope that can be a gift to you, that's something you can take with you. To find out more about Redemption Church, visit redemptionbristol.org.